The next one that I hear a lot is, who are you to judge? Raise your hand if that's been said to you about an issue before. You're having a normal conversation with someone, you tell them something, it's a moral judgment you make, and they go, who are you to judge? And then they quote, who knows what passage they quote? Matthew 7, right? Judge not, lest ye be judged. They always quote the King James Version on that one. I don't know why. The person who says to you, don't judge, is judging you. This, in and of itself, should show you that the philosophy of don't judge is unlivable. Because you can't enforce it. (laughs) Because it requires judgment. That's the only way that person could, could say you're judging, is by making a judgment about what you're doing, and then condemning you for it or calling you out on it. So the person inevitably who says don't judge is the judgmental one. Perhaps they think it's wrong to disapprove of what someone else is doing. Well, then why are they disapproving of what you're doing? Perhaps they think it's wrong to make judgment calls about others. Then why are they making a judgment call about you? Again, it is only those who disagree with them who are not allowed to judge. It's tolerance, but it only runs one direction. (laughs) This tolerance is a one-way street. So as a Christian, with this scripture being quoted, I want to now address the verse itself in Matthew 7. And you can flip there if you like, and we can look at it in context. Some of you already know where I'm going with this. Are we supposed to make judgments or make no judgments at all? Or does God simply call us to not forget our place when we make judgments? I think it's the second one. Matthew 7 verse 1 says, judge not that you be not judged. And then there's more. That wasn't all he said. Jesus continued, for with what judgment you use, or with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Speaking about fairness. Verse 3, and why do you look, and now he applies it, at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye, as though there's this like two by four sticking out of your eye. So, they may have laughed when Jesus said this. It was It's kind of hyperbole. He's like, there's a, there's a giant plank sticking out of your eyeball. And you're looking at the speck in your brother's eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye. And look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye. Set it down. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So what is it he wants us to do? Judge yourself first and then help that person. Don't just go, hey, you have a speck, but who am I to judge? No, it's like, you have a speck, well, let me get, let me deal with my issues so I can come help you with yours. We're actually to be actively involved in helping others with their problems. Now, this might be seen as self-righteous, but that's the whole point. That's Jesus is avoiding the self-righteous attitude of not dealing with me first. That's what this is about. It's not about never judge. It's about how you judge. There are three types of judgment the Bible says we should not do. One is a judgment where we reinvent morality to suit ourselves. In Isaiah 5.20, listen to these words. God says, Woe to those who call evil good and call good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. They, They switch morality around. They reinvent morality. Woe to them. This is actually what those who say don't judge are often doing. Usually what I see behind that is that person saying, we get to invent our own morality. So I can reinvent morality to sort of suit my worldview and my position rather than discovering God's morality. So they're switching good for evil. They're doing the wrong kind of judging at that point. 
The second kind of judgment we're not supposed to do is to hypocritically ignore my own issues. That's what the Matthew 7 passage was dealing with, to hypocritically ignore my own issues. Galatians 6.1 also talks about this. Consider yourself first, lest you also be tempted, you know, before you go to help a brother out. But then it commands you to help out a brother who's, who's fallen in sin or has sin issues, rather than just to ignore it or walk by. This is why we're called to judge ourselves first and then to rightly apply judgment to others. The third type of judgment not to do is uh, to judge beyond what I know and beyond what God has declared. In other words, to make just assumptions about things that I, I really have no basis to make this assumption. Paul gives a good example of this in 1 Corinthians 4 or 5 when he talks about his ministry. And he says, as far as I know, my ministry is legit. <laughs> and then he goes, but, you know, I don't know of anything against me, but I judge nothing before the time. And ultimately, it'll all be made clear when, when Christ brings perfect and clear judgment to it. So he, he makes judgments based on what he knows, but then he stops at a certain point and goes, I don't really know beyond. Here's my gray area. I don't know this, so I'm just going to leave it alone. This, however, is not a case for don't judge in the issue of homosexuality because God has made sure this is not a gray area. It's very clear. It's very black and white, very crystal clear that this is a sin issue in, in every possible scenario. We would actually be judging switching evil for good if we say it's good. We're actually going directly against the scripture in multiple ways by doing that. And so those are three ways we're not to judge, but we are called to judge in certain ways. One, we're called to agree with God. Do you know that's what the word confession means? To confess, if you translate it sort of right in English, it means to speak the same or like to parrot, to repeat after me, so to speak. I'm agreeing with God. If I confess, I'm saying, God, you're right about that. You're right about that. So when I say God says in the scripture, homosexuality is wrong, and I'm just saying, I agree, I confess, it's sin. So that is something we're called to do. Everyone's called to confess. In fact, it's part of getting saved is coming back to God's views of morality and, and admitting the sin of sin. Another way we're to judge is we're to call evil, evil and good, good. <laughs> so we're, we're, we are, woe to those who don't do that, who flip it around, but we are actually called to do this. Hebrews 5.14 talks about this. It says that those who are of full age or mature Christians, this is Hebrews 5.14, that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both evil and good. This is a indicator that you're a mature believer. You can notice the difference between good and evil. You discern that's evil, that's good. That's not judgment in the negative sense. It's judgment in the positive sense. You're just, you call evil, evil, you call good, good, and you can tell the difference. That's a mature believer. An immature believer often is not like this. And those who neglect their Bibles year after year, those who go, unfortunately, to some churches where they don't really teach the Bible, they just kind of give heart. I mean, I love heartwarming. Everybody wants their heart warmed. <laughs> but all they do is heartwarm, but they don't do it necessarily with the actual teaching of the word. These people often are dull and they're unable to discern the evil and the good. And so they sometimes walk in confusion and make sometimes very bad life decisions simply because the black and whites of scripture are not clear to them. Now, but you might ask, are we called to judge publicly though? Or should it just be private? Should I just, I know it's wrong. Like a lot of people do on this issue of homosexuality. Like, well, like I know it's wrong, but you know, that's just, that's what I think. And I, I, I believe it's wrong, but that's just like in my bubble, in my little zone, here's the me zone. But I don't want to put that on anybody else or try to convince others. Is that what scripture wants? Well, the constant example throughout the entire Bible of prophets, apostles, and Jesus himself 
is to go into the culture and world around you and confront the most obvious wrongs of that world and preach righteousness. Noah is lauded for being a preacher of righteousness. For being like, hey, that's right, that's wrong, that's right, that's wrong. Um, John, the Baptist, people came to him and he like targeted their specific sin issues when they came to him. The tax collectors show up and they go, what should we do? And he goes, how about you don't extort? How about you don't take more money than you're supposed to? The centurions come, they're like, what should we do? And they're like, you wanna repent? All right, you know what you need to do? You need to stop bullying people. You need to stop oppressing people and using your authority wrongly. So he like specifically targeted their sensitive sin issues. That's what he did. This is normal for the apostles. Paul walks into Athens and he sees all these gods and he gives them a nice long speech where he tells them that they're all false. <laughs> and so he targets the specific issues of the day. And that's what uh, part of what the gospel is, is targeting the sin issues of the day, showing them that, you know, bringing awareness of sin so that you might bring the, the salve and the, and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Because if there's no awareness of a need for a savior, if there's no symptoms of an illness to point out, then there's, there's no need for a cure. And so that's part of the gospel. It's a very important part. Ephesians 5.11 says it this very clearly. Ephesians 5.11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Just plain out, straight out telling us, expose unfruitful works of darkness. So we are actually called to make this kind of discernment, this kind of judgment, which is why I did this series. I'm like, I really feel responsible as, as much as it might be uncomfortable in some ways to expose this confusing issue and make, make it clear based on what scripture teaches. So that's why we're doing it. So I think one way to respond to someone who says this to you is to ask them a question like this. Do you think rape is evil? Now I'm going to bet they're going to say yes. If they don't, there's something else wrong that you can then address. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet they're going to say yes. Is rape evil? Then you can turn to them and say, who are you to judge? And let them realize that this unlivable hypocritic standard is what they're doing. And hopefully that that helps. Hopefully that helps. Um, basically, don't judge is the response of, I have no argument, but I don't like what you're saying. And it's a bully tactic to make you look bad. <laughs>